Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It drives my wife crazy because I can't even watch like a stressful drama show. Sure. I'm like, too much, dude. Yep. I want to watch Candy, Sugar, that's it. Like, even, like, Shark Tank, I'm like, dude, this is my basically my fucking life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, just fundraising <laughs> and pitching and, like, performing for others. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, like, I can't fucking handle watching some other person. Because I see it. You're like, dude. Like, I just, like, scream at the computer all day. So yeah, I just, no, like, someone like you needs something dumb to watch after. I do. It's yeah, dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, shit. Yeah. I just need, like, hey, I want to watch some cook. Absolutely. Watch some shit or, like. You know, I, I love that stuff. Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well Podcast. I am your co-host, Pepper, and I'm joined as always by the hardest working man in show business, Kevin McCracken. How are you and who are we talking to today? Well, let me tell you, we're talking to Matt Kreutz, who is the founder and uh, CEO of an amazing bread company in Alameda called Firebrand Bread. Uh, Matt and I recently met after sort of like um, crossing paths, like not officially over the last 10, 14 years, because we started our companies like I think almost the same month 14 years ago. Social imprints and Firebrand? Yes. So, um, and just to give a little background, uh, they are what is now termed a fair chance employer, uh, which means that they uh, they don't necessarily look at people's past as a negative when they're hiring. Um, so I just want to m- welcome you, Matt. I'm super pumped to have you on the show because I've also read some of your interviews. And why don't you just give our listeners a little background as to kind of who you are and maybe a little bit of your involvement in the punk scene, too, because that's what we love to talk about. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Matt Kreutz, CEO and founder of Firebrand Artisan Breads. Um, we started in yeah, 2008 um, doing breads and pastries. And uh, we focused on hiring people who were formerly homeless, formerly incarcerated, um, under an employee-owned uh, structure called a Perpetual Purpose Trust. Um, Rad. And yeah, involvement in the punk scene. Um, well, wait a minute. On. Did you wake up one day and decide to start a bread company? Like what happened? Well, I mean, I've been do I've been so I've never worked outside of the bread and food industry in my life. So when I was fourteen, I got a job at a mm-hmm. little place in Virginia called Bagel Buddies, <laughs> and then like scrubbing floors yeah. and cleaning dishes, taking out the trash, like kind of shit like that. And uh, but just like fell in love with like people in the service industry mm-hmm. and then food. Um, so it was kind of working in kitchens, restaurants, the camaraderie and, then, and the and the the busyness and all that, everything about it, or just 
Yeah, the camaraderie, the kind of like misfit, kind of like bad news bears vibe that mm-hmm. was kind of prevalent. They're like, you know, you're 14 and you got like the 17 year olds like doing whippets and like fucking around. And like, sure. it was just like kind of all chaos and exciting. And like, yeah, I just, I just loved it. And then we had a, we had a trade school in our high school. And so like I went, I don't even know why to this day I signed up for it, but we had a culinary program mm-hmm. there. And so that was like, and I was like way ahead in high school. So I just took this like block class doing culinary. And then I just like fell in love with it. Like the teacher was like, total fucking animal like he was awesome like he was like just treated you like an adult yeah right yeah. off the gate he's mm-hmm. like all of you are gonna be like in jail or in the workforce in two years so Amazing. like you need to figure out either how to like survive or get a job mm-hmm. so like i'm not going to bullshit you about what it's like to be in the food service industry or like just to get a job mm-hmm. and so he talked to you like anybody else he treated you like hey this is service we have to kick stuff out every day. Like it's a job. And then I did that my junior and senior year and then was working in you know bakeries and stuff like that. And went to culinary school in New York for a hot minute and then came out to California as part of an externship program. And then it was sure. like 19 living on a ranch. I was <laughs> like, I thought I was in love. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. Let's just stay out here rather than going back to New York and like making ice sculptures and like talking about working in hotels and shit. So yeah. Just nice. stayed in California, and I was like twenty three years ago almost. What um what high school did you go to? We got to give him a little shout out for the culinary. Chantilly High School in Fairfax, Virginia. Chef Leroy Clayton Doubleday the third. Fairfax, <laughs> Virginia. All right. Well, that's yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. I you know, and I I don't know if we talked about this when we talked, but I have a baking background as well. I ran a bakery uh-huh. for six years up in up in Santa Rosa, where we milled our own flour and um, from nice. organic Montana red wheat. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. It was actually like a life changing experience. And I, I equate screen printing to baking a lot because it's, you're, you're essentially baking is much more of a science than it is, a uh, you know, as much as is like an art form. And so is screen yeah. printing, like you have to hit a certain temperature, you have a, sure. like the outside temperature and the moisture will affect how your shirts cure. It's like, it's, yeah. there's a lot of similarities, but, um, one of the things I, I was reading about you when I was going through interviews is really interesting to me personally. You have personal experience with incarceration in your family. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. With my mom. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like my mom was – we were kind of like, a, you know, super suburban mm-hmm. um, family. My dad was like a head bank examiner for the FDIC. He had like a super good DC job. My mom was a nurse. But then when he left around 12, we kicked him out of the house. He's an alcoholic, like super high functioning alcoholic, sure. like one of the smartest motherfuckers you're ever going to meet. Right. But like was like just a massive alcoholic. Yeah. And so he left, you know, around, around 12 years old or so. So we were like in this middle class vibe, but like had no money whatsoever because yeah. it was just my mom as a nurse. And so we got a job when I was 14 and then just kind of like had to had to make it work from then and then she kind of ended up needing money so she ended up kind of stealing money from her job embezzling mm-hmm. money there mm-hmm. got arrested prosecuted wow was a felon there and then didn't kind as, of as a single mom going through all this yeah wow. she was a single mom with me and my brother and then and then she ended up like not getting a lot of like getting minor jail time because mm. she was also had like hepatitis C and had like really shitty health. God. And then let her out. And then she ended up getting a job at CVS and then did the same thing again. Yeah. 
And then so I ended up serving a little bit more jail time. And then um, at that point, I was like, my brother was technically an adult. I was 17. I was mm-hmm. already working two jobs and like, so I had like two classes in high school and it was just like working like 80 hours a week. So where does that uh, come from? Where does that massive, I did not have that work ethic when I was your age. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm guessing that that comes from some kind of wanting to, to, to have some control over your fate, yeah. right? And, and to not ha- be in the same situation when you grow up, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I have like definitely like my childhood was like very, very short mm-hmm. window yeah, of childhood. Sounds like it. And, like, you know, very like overdeveloped sense of responsibility and accountability. Mm-hmm. Like I was the one who kicked my dad out at like 12. Yeah. Like I was the one at the family dinner table, like, Hey, you got to bounce. Um, and like just kind of an overdeveloped sense of responsibility, True. Um, which then, yeah, then there's like a lot of control and like, you know, did, did, definitely developed a lot of like tendencies around that. I was going like to ask, did you have to struggle with any of that drinking stuff as well? Um, or did no, you just say no? I mean, no? this is like what kind of like directly fed into punk rock. So it was like, I was like, fuck that. I'm not drinking at all. Course, right. Yeah, yeah. But then it was just like, okay. And then found like minor threat and was like, oh, there's like other people who do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, then it became like a real like identity for me, but I was still like, we grew up in Virginia, like and DC was the murder capital of the country when I was growing up. Sure. So like we weren't going to DC, like we weren't going to shows. There was no like magic times in DC going to shows. Like I just had records. And right. so like we would listen to this and it was like, Oh, this is like my way of creating an identity and like stealing myself. Mm-hmm. Part of it was like, I wasn't getting invited to the party anyways, but it was also kind of being like, well, fuck it. I don't want to go. Like, I'm not drinking like you losers. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like I kind of like created this vibe around it. Like, and it was very like personal. I wasn't some like, you know, like kid kicking the shit out of people for like smoking cigarettes yeah, and yeah. like, you know, being some bouncer or enforcer for like straight edge. I was yeah. just like, <laughs> this is my thing. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be involved because clearly there's something in my genes which make me like predisposed to being addictive. And so like, let's not uncork that. Let's like not take that out of the bottle at all. Yeah. Right. Let's just like, and the whole like flex your head stuff was like super powerful to me of like, if you want to be rebellious, be fucking smarter, work harder than everybody and fucking achieve. Like that's what I took from that kind of like flex your head mentality. And so like, that was more powerful to me than like any other form of rebellion. And growing mm. up in Virginia, it's like we didn't have dudes with like Liberty Spikes and yeah. like mm-hmm. leather jackets. Like we didn't have that. It was just like this was our form of like rebellion. Um, it was like just kick the shit out of everybody like in life. <laughs> like that was sure. the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're saying no, no baggy pants, giant hoodie uniform for you? <laughs> Didn't know. I mean, we know it was like I didn't have like dyed hair till I was like twenty. Yeah, you know, it was like we weren't like that wasn't the vibe. You know. Yeah. Well, what what um what's interesting to me is the path then because your business now is very to me like ethically is very punk rock, right? It's like a it's communal. There's a lot of like you try to build camaraderie with people and have them you know involved uh, and and there's a like a sounds like a very um, strict schedule and training program that you put people through. That's like, you know, it's like you've taken kind of all of those experiences and rolled it into this business. How did you get the idea to start Firebrand? 
Well, I always said like, Hey, when I'm 25, I want a business. Mm-hmm. I want to have a business. Like I'm a pretty shitty employee. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like, I'm not the best employee, honestly. Like if anyone was my boss out there in the wild, like they could tell you I'm not like super good employee. So I like knew that about myself. Um, I was like pretty good at my job. Like I knew I had skill and talent. Right. Um, and was like rather arrogant about that. Fact. <laughs> um, and so like, was like, no, fuck it. Let's just start my own business. Um, not realizing that like starting your own business and having skill in a task is not like <laughs> synonymous with the same thing. Sure. Um, so like quickly got kind of punched in the face, but it was something I always wanted to do. So when I was 26, we started Firebrand. Okay. Um, and it was just like, Hey man, like I've run other people's bakeries. I've managed other people's bakeries. Like, I think I have a perspective. Like, let's like, let's just do my own thing. You know? Right. 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 Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't have anything like my mom well, and dad were dead at that point. Like I was married with, you know, to a woman at that point, but we didn't have any kids. Like it was like kind of a good time to like, right. Like, fuck it. Let's just go. Well, what about the, the ethical side of it? Because, you know, creating a, when, when, I know when we created, even in, in 2008, which I had already been working in fair chance employment prior to that. And like the earlier days, like in the, in the early 2000s, people looked at, looked at us like we were nuts. I mean, yeah. it was like, you're going to hire a bunch of ex junkies and criminals. Like that was the attitude. Yeah. Right. And I'm yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm an ex junkie and criminal. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm going yeah. to, but like in 2008, there wasn't, there was no term fair chance. I mean, that didn't exist. Yeah. It was like at best second chance at yeah. worst hiring ex convicts. You know what I mean? That was yeah. kind of the terminology. Like when you started this thing, did, did you like get that same kind of pressure? Did people like, you know, were people like this guy's nuts? Um, well, I guess two parts of that, that to answer that one, I would say is it was just very much like, well, for the first two years we didn't have employees, like we were just doing everything right. ourselves. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And it was like just grinding it out. Then it was kind of like, well, I don't want to hire people. Like I don't want to hire some guy who I don't want to get along with. Like I'm here working like a hundred hours a week, like 120 hours a week. Like I don't want to not get along with somebody. Right. So it became like, just like, well, we're going to hire people who we just want to work with. Mm-hmm. Right? Very loose. Smart. Then we kind of like hired some people that was like, you're like an over, like an overeducated idiot. Like right. we had some dudes who were straight up like Stanford nuclear mm-hmm. physicists, yep. like, you know, like bad like master's degrees from like Penn, like, and are just like a holes. Yeah. Like just yeah. not a good fit. So then that that's where we really started doing like open hiring. Okay. Where it was just like fuck it, no resumes, no background checks, no cover letters. Come here, see what you got, like, and let's just see if you could hang and like see if you're a good fit. Wow. Like that's really where it started. And we did, but we didn't know, like, we didn't know about Grayson Bakery. We didn't know open hiring was like a right. term. It was just like there's a clipboard, put your name on it, we'll call you. So that's really kind of where that started, you know? Um, But I think also too, we don't and didn't and don't kind of give a shit. Like we're very like Mm -hmm. the band that doesn't listen to other people's records when they're making their (laughs) record vibe. Like I have no context for what a lot of people are doing from a business perspective. Like, Mm -hmm. and definitely in the bakering world. Like I have, like I know like, you know, trends and new products and new bakeries. Like I keep up on that kind of stuff. But like, I don't really like, I'm not in like the bread bakers guild and I don't go to like conferences and meetings with like, I just, 
I got other <laughs> shit to do. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I just like really, really have a, like a hyper singular focus on Firebrand. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying to, we find people like as we grew and we're like, hey man, like we really want to lean into this. This is really important to us. Like mm-hmm. this is really important. We're finding these people. They're great. Like it's like super rewarding and like it definitely matches with my background. And as we kind of like started to grow and develop that, then we started reaching out to like Grayston Bakery and mm-hmm. looking at people like Richelieu Dennis or like right. Zingerman's or like different companies who we thought were just like crushing it. Right. And like from a mission perspective and started totally. kind of like asking ourselves a lot of deep questions, and like refining that every year. Um, but it really was like kind of naive and ignorant of just being like, this is just what we want to do. And like, I don't particularly care what other people are doing. Like, we're right. just going to kind of do this thing. And like, if someone said that about us today or then, like, I kind of don't know. Like, I mean, I don't like, I wouldn't tell you that I know that. Yeah. You know? No, I just think it's interesting too, that you've kind of created this in a bubble a little bit. And, you know, a lot of like, you, because I, I, you know, I've been doing this so, so long, the reentry part of things that I get mm-hmm. a lot of people reaching out to me. And yeah. I, I, I knew who Firebrand was, but we had never connected. And, and I think yeah. it's, probably sounds like partially because you you weren't plugged into a lot of those like organizations and and uh you know it's just amazing to me i feel like it's such a it's such a testament to the power of like growing up in a community like the punk community and Mm -hmm. having adversity in in your earlier years to like have not just like a the grinding uh, work ethic that it takes to run a bakery, but also to run an enterprise that's ethical. You know, it's like yeah. it's a testament to to your to your growing up and the 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 things that influenced you. Because to do that in a bubble is like incredible to me. So I just want to. That's a little bit of a, like a you know, cheers to Matt. Like amazing work, really. And um, yeah, and I don't know if that was good or bad. I mean, I think we just like again, I think a lot of it was just ignorance. Like, yeah, you know, we got to a certain point of Firebrand where it was like you can't bake anymore. Right. Like the bakery is like outpaid. Like you are now holding the bakery back because you're baking. That's an interesting thing. I see that a lot with, um, I'm in the tech industry and I see that a lot with founders and CTOs as the company grows. Was that hard for you to kind of let go of, to let someone else do it and, and let them make mistakes and. No, I mean, I think, I think cause I pushed it so far. So it was like so obvious that like you are the problem holding things back, you know? <laughs> yeah. After like 10 years, like I didn't have a day off for 10, like I literally did no days off for a decade. Christmas, Thanksgiving, nothing for a decade. And then, you know, my first day off was my first date with my wife. But like, and then it was kind of like, you got to get your shit together and like actually run this thing and figure out like what a CEO is, what they do. And like, like I literally, I got, I got a coach. A woman who I still talk to once a week now. Oh, nice. smart. It's, it's Tiffany Fu. And it was literally like, <gasps> I don't know what the fuck a CEO is. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no clue. Like, help me figure that out. Mm-hmm. And we, like, you know, we, we still, like I said, meet every week. And it's like figuring out how do I, like, how, what the relationship to, like, running the bakery and, like, having, like, scratching that itch of, like, being a baker. Like, what does that mean for me? Like, how right. can I do that? Finding the balance. Like, I don't mind like giving away responsibility, but I think like learning how to create the structures has taken us a long ass time. Like learning how to create all the different things that like allow the managers to be successful has taken Mm. us a long ass time. Like Mm -hmm. it's been a long, like a lot, like a lot of learning and a lot of mistakes about figuring out like 
hey man, I should shut the fuck up and like just let this person like somebody, hey, they gotta run into this wall and like right. I gotta let them smack right in the wall and like figure it out, you know? And like I think we've had a lot of problems with me kind of like, you know, inserting myself into something and then it's like of course. and also learning like you think in your head like, Oh man, I'm just like one of what, like one of a hundred man. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. my voice. You got a voice too, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, you're the fucking owner. Like, yeah. no, your voice, you like always have your finger on the scale. Yeah. And so like understanding like where I need to like step back is like an evolving learning curve, but like where I need to step back and where I need to like to not be involved <laughs> like at all. And so that's like the best it's ever been. I would say, you know, now, yeah, you know, every month is better and better, but just like, and we've got like a sick fucking management team now. Like our management nice. team is like amazing. Like they that's, are just all killers. That's great. And so it's just like, I don't have a hard time stepping back. Cause it's like, you got it. Yeah. You yeah. know? Well, you know? I, I think that's a, such a unique, you know, sort of stance too, from founders. Like you don't hear founders being like, yeah, I'm causing the problem. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's like, yeah. so everybody like, and I do it like I want to blame and you know yeah. I mean? it's the fact of the matter is I haven't been in sales for our company. I was like the, kind of the lead business development person forever. And I haven't done sales in over a year and the sales team has never been better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to like, you know, every once in a while, like in an emergency, like we had a big thing like in December, we went through like a big purge. Yeah. Where we were just like the last of old firebrand needed to die. Right. And so we had to kill it. Yeah. And so we had to go in and I had to go in and it was like, cool, I'm baking for three weeks. Yeah. And I hadn't baked at that point in like five years wow. consistently. But it was like, it was, it's so odd because, you know, 90% of the company didn't know I could even bake. Right. Like yeah. literally had no idea. Yeah. You know? right. and so it's like, it's a trip, but it's also kind of like, it was a great testament to be like, oh, cool. Then I did my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like. I have been performing like outside of the company. And so people don't like make that association, but it was also kind of like, Oh, really? Like, yeah. How do you think this happened? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like our failure to like, you know, not educate. But I think like we, we try to like have like accountability and like ownership or is a big thing for us. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Hey man, if I fuck up, like you better tell me. Like, I don't want you to tell me everything. If you tell me everything's great, like, you're fucking lying. It's impossible. Like, I have fucked up somewhere. And, like, I think I'm I'm too defensive. Like, I I have my problems and mistakes, you know? But, like, we try to be very cognizant, you know? Shit runs downhill. And so it's like, if I'm that way, I can't blame other people for being that way because I'm the example that they're all kind of going for and so we try to like be really strong on like ownership and responsibility and accountability mm-hmm. just to like just to make sure that we're keeping our side of the street clean you know like we're like we can't if we have to terminate an employee it's like did we do everything mm-hmm. where did we fuck up mm-hmm. in this relationship like mm-hmm. how did we make a mistake and if we did correct that first before we do anything right? that's nice try to be better so you think in like a like a almost like a post-mortem way like oh this thing happened let's figure out why it happened even before no before mm-hmm. you know it's like hey like if we're about to do this did we is this a management problem a system problem or is it a personal problem like where, if it's a management problem or a system problem then we need to go back fix that and then come back to the person uh, but like 
if it's just a personal thing, then like we've done everything we can, then like, okay, we gotta, we gotta be honest. But if it's a management problem, then we need to be very clear and cognizant about that. Interesting. This is fun to talk about management and stuff. Yeah. We never get to talk about this stuff. No. no. <laughs> yeah, hey, can I ask you like, something silly? So music. Do you enjoy, uh, sorry, Kevin, do you enjoy the uh, cooking shows, like the baking shows, Top Chef, that type of stuff? Um, that's where yeah, I find my I love of cooking comes from watching those shows. I love that shit. Like we're like all in like next level chef at Gordon Ramsay. We're like yeah, all yeah. in like waiting for that shit to come out. Yeah. Like I love it. Like the stuff like I have a very low, like because I have that tunnel vision, like if it's not firebrand or family, I just mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but that translates to like, it drives my wife crazy. Cause I can't even watch like a stressful drama show. Sure. I'm like too much dude. Yep. I want to watch candy, sugar, that's it. I'm yep. not, I'm not watching like some like long drawn out fucking like dramatic thing. I'm like, I'm cool. Like even like shark tank. I'm like, dude, this is my, basically my fucking life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just and pitching and like performing for others. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like I can't fucking handle watching some other person. Cause I see it. You're like, dude, like I just like scream at the computer all day. So yeah, I just no, like, someone like you need something dumb to watch after. I do. Just yeah, dumb, yeah, yeah, dumb yeah, shit. Yeah. I just need like, hey, I want to watch some cook, watch some shit or like, you know, like I love that stuff. But like it's, I just I drive my wife crazy because we'll start like we'll start like Mad Men. Yeah. I'll, nine episodes in. I'm like, I'm out. I can't do it. It's too much. There's like too much conflict. I can't do it. <laughs> Since Trump, my wife yeah. and I have not been able. We have a rule. Like if it's over 90 percent Metacritic, we don't watch it. It's too heavy. Yeah. It's too good. It's too. <laughs> too yeah. Much. Man, man. Well, it's so I, funny. Drives are crazy. I'll start and stop. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I'll watch this one. And yeah. then she'll be like, are you out on this? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, God damn it, man. We watched this like, for two fucking months. Two you know? months of my life I invested yeah. in that, man. Yeah. And then she's oh, like, I'm so- like, oh, I'm out halfway through. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I just fall asleep. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's like, or she does. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, I like, like really, really not heavy, um, intellectual, like action movies too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Kevin, do you? I am a major fan of, especially like Eastern European ones for some reason. Like I Mm -hmm. love like Eastern European gangster movies, you know, (laughs) they're just so, they're like so brutal and like, but they're so dumb, you know, it's like, it's so basic. Um, but my wife like watches real housewives and some other stuff where I'm like, yeah. I like, that's the kind of stuff I can watch, except I get into this, like, those are horrible people. Like they're so, yeah. they're such bad people. They're just bad. How can you watch these bad people? Yeah. You know? And she's like, because I don't have to think about it. You know, yeah. like, it's, you know, it's just <laughs> it's like, not my life. Yeah. yeah. It's, they're just and we only people. get like, you know, we have, a, we have a daughter and with firebrand, yeah. we only get like, you know, five to seven. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the only window we can watch anything, and yeah, oftentimes yeah. it's shorter. So it's like when we do, it's like you're watching clips, you're watching shows. We're not <laughs> yeah. like I don't remember the last time we watched a movie together. Like it just hasn't oh happened. What do, um, uh, do you have local bakeries ahead. that you especially like? Like I know for me, uh, its sister has really good uh, uh, bake uh, croissants for me. Yeah, yeah, I like. I mean, neighbor bakehouse. Greg crushes it in San Francisco. He does a really good job. Um, 
I really forget the name of the, there's a place that's opening up, opened up not near close to Firebrand. It's like an Asian inspired mm. bakery. I, I totally oh, forget the name of it. I feel oh, like a shitty cool. person. Um, well, I think it's like, I forget the name of it. But they're, I don't know. They're crushing it just because that's also too like at the forefront of like where pastries are going in California. Yeah. Huh. Um, Wait, where are pastries know. going in California? It's just like California cuisine is like super high, like a lot of Asian influences, a lot of cool, like, um, flavorings and stuff like that, like super bright colors, uh, like really interesting type texture is yeah. like really becoming in the two. So it's not just like, it's not just like crispy. It's like, there's all kinds of shit going on. Um, like I said, lots of vibrant colors and stuff like uh, that. So, I'm excited. Yeah. A lot more fun, I would say. And like a lot, lot less brown. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like mm-hmm. really cool, like playing around stuff. So that's a, that's actually a fun question. You know, I think, uh, like I, I look at other like printed t-shirts and stuff and I'm always like so critical of like, Oh, they didn't, yeah. you know, uh, they didn't cure it correctly. Or, you know, it's like yeah. the, the, see, that's off registration. And, um, it, yeah. it kind of keeps me from enjoying the design sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but I like, we, we love your bread. Like it's at Mill Valley Market, which is not far from yeah, my yeah. house. And I think I've mentioned this before. Like whenever my wife is there, she if there's a loaf there still on the shelf, which is not always the case, by the way, yeah. because yeah, you guys sell out there. over there, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 just amazing bread. It's it's so it's just really good. It's got that whole thing that we love about about like really well made like artisan bread that's got like it's crispy on the outside and chewy yeah. on the inside and it's got the it's just right you know yeah um, so i think too like we like around like the, like watching other bakeries and stuff like that like we had this neighbor who has a bakery and he had like a whole like wall of cameras in his mm-hmm. office oh just like watching his staff yeah and i remember looking at that and being like bro like <laughs> i will never do this shit yeah. <laughs> like ever, ever, ever. And so it like kind of bred this also this mentality of like, we're also not going to be fucking haters. Hmm. Like, like we always, people are always like, what about Acme? What about Acme? It's like, Hey man, when we, like I've been saying since day one, I'm like, when we pass 30 years, I'll start talking shit until then <laughs> I'll shut the fuck up about whatever they're doing because they've been around for a really long fucking time, you know? And so like, we yeah. are always very like, try to celebrate, people and like people's wins or people are doing like new bakery opens up. Awesome, man. I hope they're successful. Like totally. a competitor is doing great. I hope they're all doing great. Like, cause that means bread's doing great. And that means we're uh, yeah. doing great. I was like, going to say, it's good for everyone. It's like, okay. because cause it's know? starting to be like, Oh, where are we going to go get bread today? Cause there's, cause the Bay area is really becoming a place where you can go get some nice stuff. It kind of yeah. reminds me of a, I did stand up comedy for a number of years and people would say like, Oh, what if someone really good goes on before you? And I'm like, that's the best. That is the best. Get better. Because, yeah, because yeah. the crowd's warmed up. They are having a good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then you got to get better. And we were always like, yeah. well, then, we, then just be better. I don't then know. You got to get like, better. What's the solution? Yeah. Just be better. Are they doing something cool? Can you use it without ripping it off? Or like, is it an interesting thing? Then like, cool. Or like, do your thing better. But like, or shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> like, if they're doing a good job, then like, don't cry about it. Just be better. You know, and so yeah, Matt, like, you need always, to have a bumper sticker that says like, <laughs> <laughs> do better or shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think, I think in general, I, I, I actually think people could be doing better as, as a whole, yeah. given the state of the world. It's funny too, because I like, that's been the, the attitude I've taken about some of the other things in my life more recently, like the podcasts and, um, when I do the work in San Quentin, which thank you for, for, for joining us this March. It's going to be yeah, amazing. Super exciting. Like I used to be like, Oh, that, that organization is getting better treatment than us or that organization is getting more funding than us. And now I'm just like, man, this is for the guys. Like this has nothing yeah. to do with me. It's not, it's not my competition to have. There's plenty of other areas I could be competitive in my life that I don't need to bring this into areas where people are succeeding and doing well for their families or they're like doing well for the community, you know? Yeah. And I think well, I also, also just saw myself like you just get so bitter so quick. Yep. Like you like the cameras thing. Like we didn't get cameras till like ten years in, and I told the person I was like, I'm not fucking washing those things. Yeah. Like if I'm in charge of washing them, then I didn't don't put them in. I'm not going to do it. Like I only yeah. wash them if it's like an emergency and I need to see a clip of something. But like I don't want to be the main contact for it. I don't want anything to do with it because it totally. makes you such a shitty human <laughs> to yeah. watch it for like any length of time. Yeah. It's just like, I just don't want to live my life. Yeah. What's that guy doing on his phone for a second? What's up? Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's like, I feel like totally. part of the reason why like is makes me like excited about being like running firebrand <laughs> and which makes me like awful about being involved in HR is like, I always want people to be amazing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, you're going to be great. Yeah. This person's going to, they, they're going to turn this around. Yeah. Like this yeah. is going to be perfect. And when they don't, like I'm like crushed. You know, and like, which makes me like also terrible in HR, but like, I, that's why like you see cameras and stuff. It just like ruins your soul. Like, oh, Matt, I want to apologize to you and every, everyone that I've ever let down as an employee. They, <laughs> <laughs> they always think I'm going to turn it around and I never yeah. do. <laughs> no, no. So yeah. funny. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's, um, it's interesting because we, we're just installing cameras at Social Imprints 14 years in. And it's, and it's a function of doing like a, we're do, we're trying to pass a, a specific security clearance mm -hmm. for our technology customers. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I was so against it and, yeah. um, and I'm getting resistance from some of my staff because that's not really how we operate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's just like, it's really interesting. It's like, it's such a weird, like, especially as like an old punk kid who like, you know, I'm like, yeah. everybody's free to do what they want. And then I'm like, yeah. I'm installing cameras, you know? Well, until you yeah. get sued. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Until you have some fuckery and then you're like, man, I wish I would have documented yeah. that. And there's a lot of predatory <laughs> stuff happening in restaurants right now. My wife's in oh, the yeah. restaurant business and there's just oh, a yeah. ton of predatory lawsuits happening. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that going on. So you really yeah. have to steal yourself, which is like kind of like, yeah, it was just soul crushing because again, you're like, ah, but I thought we're uh, we're not. Uh. It's like, no, dude, you're not doing the same thing. Yeah. You're on different pages, and I think like that's a bummer. But also like what we've kind of tried to talk a lot about people is like we need the structure because everybody wants structure, everybody needs structure, and then if you have the structure, you also allow people to thrive because you've given them the parameters, you've given them the goals. And you've told them what it's like to succeed at Firebrand or wherever. It's not just about like putting a container and then forcing everybody inside of that box. Like it's really about like, hey man, you want to get to twenty seven dollars an hour? I'm all in on that. Do right. these six things. Right. I got you. Right. But yeah. if we don't have that conversation because we're like, no man, we're all pals. It's like, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, and everyone just ends up getting like their feelings hurt, and it's like the no no one goes anywhere. You know? Yeah. Agreed. I bet you're a good boss because you feel like I feel like you push people that if they if they seem like they're going to try, I feel like you're going to push them and they'll grow. I hope so. 
Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, like, again, like we're, we've been really good the past six weeks, I would say have been like our best at putting structures in place that like, here's the comp band. We're publishing it. Like, this is what you, where you need to be. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. it just takes all the bullshit out of it. And that's yeah. been like a huge leap for us, you know, because it has been a lot of like hand to hand combat. And so it's like, it, but in the end, you end up like, we've just found like the past year was like super brutally painful about like getting burned by people. You're like, you've been with me for a decade, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you're just like, fuck, mm-hmm. like, where did this, where, where did I fuck this up and it go off the rails? And now, like, nine, like, it, it was a failure on my part to like recognize, Hey, mm. this person's changed or the company's changed and they weren't on the bus. And like, I didn't realize that, you know, and like, right. A lot of it's just our failure to recognize that. It's so hard when you're in it day to day too, because sometimes the changes are actually pretty incremental. Yeah. You know, mm. and then all of a sudden you're like a year into somebody kind of sliding, but it seems like, it just like happened overnight, but you look back and you're like, holy shit, this yeah. is like goes all the way back. Like uh, they started like making excuses and you know, it's just like, it's so hard to track that stuff unless you're totally on it all the time. And yeah. that's the hard thing about being an employer, I think. Yeah. And I tend to be very much like not, I'm definitely not a micromanager cause I fucking hate being micromanaged, mm-hmm. but it's like, so that, I think that can also lend to kind of like, if there's not enough structure and I'm like, no, he's got this. Like it can kind of like build up like yeah. a really long time and some like cancers can kind of grow in the company. And that's what happened, you know? And so I think we like have spent those past three months just like rooting that shit out. Yeah. You know? That's sure. amazing. Well, so um, it, it's so funny how quickly we're already like 35 minutes in and we usually try <laughs> to wrap at 45 minutes. So I'm just yeah. like, I want to be cognizant of the time because there was other things I wanted to talk with you about. Sure. Um, one of them is, you know, are, do you, are you still keeping a baker schedule or are you like early morning guy? I get up at 4 a.m. Wow. Which is wow. not the early, you know, bake for us would be earlier, but I get up at 4 a.m. Like I'm in the gym or working out by 4 30 um, every day. Yeah. Um, and then I'm in bed by before 10. Yeah. Nine to 10. So we go to bed at the same time, but I wake up much later. (laughs) 4 a.m. I got to be up. Like I like to be operating when no one's, I got that part of of being a baker. Yeah. Like needs to stay in my life. Like I need to have time where nobody's around. Mm -hmm. And also too, like I'm massively introverted. Like I really, really, really have. And that's part of like this transition to a CEO has been like so hard. Cause like, I don't like talking. (laughs) Like I really like, like I need to be like in my element talking about Firebrand at Firebrand. I got you. Put yeah. me in a party. Like you're not gonna like me very much. Like I'm not gonna be very responsive, you know. But so it's like I think having finding that too. Like I need that time just to be like in my head processing or alone with my thoughts for a while. If that's like working out or doing whatever, like I need that time or else I go fucking crazy. Yeah. But like there's a lot of time. Like like you want me to work like an 18 hour production shift. Not a problem. Do that mm-hmm. shit in my sleep. You want me to go to a conference where I'm speaking or fundraising and I've just spent like eight hours like glad handling, like I am fucking exhausted sure. at the end of the day. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's just like it taxes everything I got. So, yeah, I, Kevin uh, cannot relate to that. Uh, I am an introvert as well, but Kevin I am is a definitely super connector. Extra, yeah, extra I've had to work hard at like doing it because I'm just it's not also natural, like being a business, like having to talk that way is very unnatural to me. I'm like very much like, no, don't say anything until it's definitive. 
and don't like <laughs> also grew up like Catholic. So it's like, don't say some shit. Cause it's like, it's like a lightning bolt. that's right. going to hit you like vibe, you know, like, so it's like, we, you know, we, we believe in ghost stories and shit. So it's like, you know, kind of like that, like speaking something into existence is like not right. my vibe, but like oh. as a business owner or fundraising, like you have to do that shit all day. You have and to. So it's like, you always have to like project farther out than you actually are. And so like <laughs> that was terrifying and awkward for a while. Well, what, what, um, do you even get to go see live music at all with that schedule? Last show we saw was my wife was pregnant. We saw two shows in a week. And those are the last shows we saw. That was four years ago. We oh. saw Agnostic Front. Okay. She wanted to see Agnostic Front. Fair enough. And um, H2O was playing with Comeback Kid. Okay. And that was me. She was like, you can have your little like wimpy melodic hardcore and I'll go and I'll go, but I want to go see Agnostic Front. <laughs> she was like, Madball, Agnostic Front. And I was like, H2O and come back in. Um, so we, yeah, that was the last shows we saw about four years ago. Four years. We had, we were supposed to go see Propagandi, but oh. like, like a few months ago, but like the, like ever fucking elusive, like I've had tickets to go see them no less than half a dozen times. And it yep. has never worked out for one reason or another. And one band member got COVID uh, in Canada. Like they couldn't come. And so like, yeah. And that was like six months ago. Some of the best. We had tickets. We had have babysitters. We had a hotel. We had the whole fucking thing. Oh, We're wow. finally both going to go see Propagandi. Like this like epic like band for us. And like. It is Propagandi. It is Gandhi is still around. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. They're going doing great. One of the greatest shit talking lead singer guitar players. Yeah. Whatever. He does both. Great. In the in the on the planet. I mean, I saw them at Gilman Street because I'm I'm I think I'm I'm quite a bit older than you, but I, I like yeah. and I at the time, still now, I'm still vegan, but at the time I was like really vegan, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, know. I was like the annoying vegan straight edge kid for a long time too. <laughs> yeah. And uh and they just were amazing. I mean, just shit talking, like yeah. everything, but in such an intelligent way that sometimes I think some of the audience that were getting it didn't even know they were getting it. Where was yeah. this? At Gilman, propaganda oh. at Gilman Did many you see years them? ago. I don't want to sidetrack us. Never mind. Did you see them at hotspots in Santa Rosa? Uh, yes, of course I did. Yeah, I went to every yeah. show. Jealous. We yeah. that's like one that we just never like. We've seen all the same bands like before. Like we have a very like similar like mm-hmm. band alignment. Yep. For the most part, like ninety eight percent, we have band alignment. Like right. we first like our first date, she was like, she brought the Bouncing Souls, and we were like, oh, oh. Nice. like yeah. that was for me. Like them and against me, I was like sixteen. Got like heard against me and like propaganda and like bouncing souls and it was like this is awesome yeah. and so like we had the same similar experiences there but like we deviate around like she likes a lot of indie rock shit that like I just despise and <laughs> I like a lot of like the like melodicy hardcore that she's just like I don't this is garbage so like we kind of that's where we <laughs> off yeah. I well, like a good melody. Like if I put like strike anywhere on, she's just like, I'm going to vomit in a trash can right now. I, I, you know, I, I can go either way on it. I love like, yeah. you know, I think actually the perfect crossover band for that, for me actually is from your home state. It's a veil where they oh, have, yeah. they have the heavy, heavy shit, but then they've got the really melodic sing along, you yeah. know, like they can do both in one song, you know, yeah, she, and it's so, like, see, she can't stand them. 
Really? She's like, no. Oh my God. And I'm like, she puts on like TV on the radio and I'm like, can you fuck off with this? <laughs> like, fuck off with this shit. Or like, yeah. you know, like Interpol. And I'm like, God. So it's like, that's where we kind of. Oh, that's I was all like, yeah, like strike she, anywhere from Richmond. She likes agnostic like, front and Interpol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got a she's got a range, man. Well, but yeah. it's like she in punk rock, she tends to deviate on the hardcore side. Yeah, but well, I mean, yeah, but for the most part, we're we're aligned on things. That's amazing. How pregnant was she when you went to Agnostic Front? We were like, she was like, I would say third trimester for sure. Uh huh. So what is that? Like, I think the beginning it was like what's she was like. I think like 30, 30 weeks wow. in. Wow. Wow. That's like so. the kid's first show was agnostic. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, I took my wife when Jawbreaker reunited to that like surprise Ivy room show. And she was actually due that week. Whoa. And she went and like, and I didn't know at the time that she was like a Jawbreaker fan. Yeah. She didn't tell me cause I was working with them at the time. So she didn't make a big deal out of it. And I turn around and she's like, sing along every lyric. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. You yeah. know, hey. it, it was fun. It was you fun. had been working with Jawbreaker a long time. And yeah, she just I mean, hid that she, from you? That's she used to really say that. Like, <laughs> we would go have lunch with Adam and she'd just be like sitting there quietly, like not really. And then oh, she man. told me later, like, she's like, you're at the park throwing the ball for Adam's dog. And I'm looking at him like, this is my fucking teen years right here. <laughs> So the thing, I didn't even I wasn't even into them as a band before like I used to go to Lost Weekend all the time. Oh yeah. And so I'd go to Lost Weekend because they had the Target videos. Oh yeah. And that's why I was like, you watch Miniman and Minor Threat in the same video. This yeah. is awesome. Totally. And, you, know, you can totally. watch like Lucky. It was like, I think at that time they had, like Chuck, it was like Chuck Biscuits on like Circle Jerks video. Yep. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. And so like totally. I used to go there then, and then someone's like, Yeah, you know, he's a drummer for Jawbreaker. And I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that, that video store together, was but, iconic. That was yeah. a great video store. I love that place. Yeah, that was a really good store. Yeah, but um, uh, I know we need to wrap. We're at, we're coming up on forty five. Joshua's got a, or excuse me, Pepper has got a uh, meeting coming up. Any last words or anything you want to throw out there for us? No, yeah, man. I think I'm good. I think I'm, All right. I think All I right. think I'm good. This has well, been one of the raddest shows. You're just so easy to talk to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah, no, it. seriously, like this has been so much fun. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Finally, thanks. finally talked to you for more than five minutes, Kevin. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and it looks like twice today. So, twice, yeah, super, a little later today. <laughs> let's <laughs> rename the podcast Kevin McCracken Needs a Friend. It'll be like coming. <laughs> I always need friends, Joshua. I have a lot of, I have a lot of acquaintances, not enough friends. Uh, yeah. Well, on that note, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. <laughs>